Hey everyone, welcome back to another video. This one, we're going to talk about relapse. My name's Shan. I'm the recovery pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church. And today, Scott has agreed again to join us on this crazy video adventure. This is Scott Jones. He is the chaplain at Brother Brian Missions. So before we get started talking about relapse, and actually, we're not talking about relapse in full, we're only talking about drifting into relapse. Mm -hmm. So before we start talking about that, would you like to pray us in? Absolutely. Father God, we, we come before you right now just uh, as we talk about recovery, we talk about relapse, Father, that, that your desire is to see us stronger and healthier, Father God. And, and just help us to focus on you, not to focus on the voice of the enemy, but to focus on your still small voice that will always lead us right to you, Father God. It will always save us from relapse. And so I thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your presence in our life. It's in your awesome and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So relapse, um, relapse is a, uh, a slip back into old behaviors. Right. They're usually not great behaviors. Many times they're like, oh yeah, you were so fun back then. But they didn't see the demon that sometimes you're battling. Right. And so relapse is a very scary place. It doesn't happen suddenly. Uh, there, there's plenty of warning signs. And usually when someone comes to me and they say, oh, I slipped, um, I have actually a, a relapse autopsy. I was like, let's talk about this. Let's go mm -hmm. back and look at what happened right. that brought you to this spot. Because it's usually not that point where it right. started. Right. <clears throat> many, many months even, right, right. even um, before. So think about it like um, you're on a boat and you have no oars and you're just drifting. Mm-hmm. And you watch the land drift further and further away. Well, that happens very slowly, but it's scary because that's the only civilization that we know. Right. And that's what we're talking about when you drift into a relapse. Relapse is a process. It's not an event. So today we're going to talk about drifting into a relapse. Not the actual relapse, but the warning signs that, that are there ahead of time. Right. So the first one we're going to talk about, um, there's mental, there's emotional, and then there's the actual physical relapse. And I think emotional are the, the first triggers. Mm -hmm. You had said in a, in a previous video where we were talking about triggers, um, holidays are tough. Right. Anniversary dates are tough. Right. It may not be a wedding anniversary. It may be divorce anniversary. It may be a loss of a loved one anniversary. So those dates, they trigger the emotions. Um, so an emotional relapse starts with, and I tell people to write write down your emotions. Mm -hmm. Journal your emotions through right. the day. And you know when, when your days are, are um, kind of like on a chart, the flow chart, how it's just right. roller coastering. Right. And you can kind of pick and choose uh, what were the triggers that, that caused the worst days. Right. So emotionally, we're looking at anxiety. Um, anger, you get very defensive maybe, uh, mood swings, isolation. Many times when we see people are starting to go into a relapse and we'll, we'll talk to them like, I'm good. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, we were best friends. Now you're not talking to me. What's going on? Yeah, that's usually when I bring people in my office. When, when they yeah. hit me with I'm good, now I know we yeah, need no, to talk. Let's talk. Let's right. sit down and talk. Right. Um, and even uh, this one, I've seen it before, but it didn't really hit me till I was I was uh, researching and preparing for this poor eating habits and poor sleeping habits. Mm -hmm. That one hit me. Well, you know, I, I think that would kind of go with the, the anxiety 
that it's going to affect your sleep, right? And so uh, I, I know for me, when I get bored, I eat. Mm-hmm. And um, so if, if we're not sleeping um, because we have things on our mind, then you then you start looking for other things to occupy yeah, that time. Hands. Right. And so that very easy I can see how that could very easily just kind of as you know drift to that point uh, because you're you're taking your focus off of where you're supposed to be and it's kind of like you're talking the analogy um, of, of drifting in the boat I, I know that I've uh, my wife and I we, we try to go to the beach a lot we mm-hmm. love the beach and and we'll get on the float and we'll just kind of lay mm-hmm. there and we start off here and the next thing you know you're way down here way down the coastline and you're like our yeah. our towel is over how did you know <laughs> yes I, I didn't think but I was moving I didn't think I was moving I'm just doing this going up and down and a lot of times that's where the enemy wants you to, yeah. to think that there's no problem there's you know I'm fine I'm fine I'm, fine, I'm good and the whole time you're drifting further yeah. away from God and your friends from your from your uh, network of people that care mm-hmm. about you and yeah. and and that could be that that could be very um, serious in the long run when we start isolating ourselves from people you know mm-hmm. and so I know um, for me it, it it comes from frustration. I'll get angry about something, then I'll start isolating myself, and then I'll mm-hmm. start just, I'm fine, mm-hmm. leave me alone. Or you know? I've got to deal, there's something I've got to deal yeah, with. i got to deal with it, you can't help me with yeah. this. Yeah, right. And so, and, and we see, uh, even in, in Scripture, when when God created Adam, he said, this is good. Mm-hmm. And, but he realized he was missing something, you know? He was alone. He needed companionship. He needed someone there to talk to. And so, then he created Eve, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... We can't do this alone. We do right. need people. No, you're not fine. You need to talk with someone. And, and and some of my friends, I can actually say that. You know, and I have friends that would go, "No, you're not fine." I've got several friends that go, "Really? Yeah. Really? You gonna tell me the truth now? Really? Yeah." <laughs> you're like, "I'm busted." I mean, I, how do you how do you go back from oh, that? Oh, okay, I said fine twice. You didn't buy it. I, oh, okay. I, yeah, okay. I'll fess up. Let's <laughs> talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for for me, I yeah, going back something. Um, when we talked about triggers previously, um, one thing that that I do is my phone does not have a lock screen on it. Right. Because I have people that can walk up to me at any time and go, let me see your phone. Yeah. Um, and so that keeps me from from the devil using that tool for me to drift away, right? That's one thing I cannot do anything on that that would bring dishonor to God because mm-hmm. I have people that will hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's very important that I allow people to speak into my life. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It, it, it's not a threat or a bother for you to ask me and, and continue to ask me. I want you to, right? I, I need people mm-hmm. to hold me accountable. And, and that I believe that's the way we're created. Mm-hmm. We need people. We need people to continue to say, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Because sometimes I think we don't realize what our actions are telegraphing to others. Right. And when when you're, you've got your accountability and your sponsors and your team, your village, mm-hmm. your sobriety village, because um, I b- do believe it takes a village, when they see those little signs, they may pick up on them a whole lot quicker than we do. Right. We may, it may fly so far under the radar with us that we do feel like we're fine. Right. But they're like, mm, not really. You know, and, and for me, I've learned that people are watching me, mm-hmm. right? And so um, if I'm just giving you a fine, then you're going to give me a fine. Right. 
right? And and so, but if, if I'm willing to ask you for help or ask you to pray for me, hopefully that's going to move you to go, can you pray for me? Right. And you may not want to talk about it, but you just go, hey, can you pray? I'm, right. I'm having a bad day, right? Yeah, because I think there are people that are, um, and we talked about this earlier, that, that are early in their recovery, and maybe they didn't uh, develop the life skills or coping skills at home when mm-hmm. they were young. Right. And so they look to someone who's um, a little further along in their walk and their recovery to see how we handle stuff. Right. Because that's how they're learning to handle stuff. Right. Well, you know, men, we're, we're trained from, from birth to be tough. Right. Right. Suck it up. Don't cry about it. Don't mm-hmm. complain. Yeah, don't ever let anybody see you Never cry. let, you know. Tears are a sign of weakness, right? right. I think uh, from the time I was nine years old to the time I was 21, no one ever saw me cry because it was a sign of weakness. And I, I, I wouldn't let you see that. And it's like one of the first things that God did whenever I accepted him was I shared my testimony in front of a church. And it's like, I just loved it. And, and, and I started <laughs> and just crying. just the right. and, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I am a blithering idiot. No one will ever invite me back again mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but that was something that needed to happen because... Of the, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. God said, you're not fine without me. You're right. fine with me. And and so, and, and, and through that, I, you know, I have people at my church that will come up to me and say, how are things doing at home or at work? And they automatically go, you know, if I look out of sorts, they go, is it your wife? Is it your kids? Or is it work? Run down the checklist. Right. And, yeah. and, and so they watch my facial expressions and they go, it's work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're stressing over work. And, and so... Um, we, we need these people mm-hmm. to help us with these trick with these with this drifting that we have mm-hmm. right and so because um, when you isolate you're by yourself and when you're by yourself you're at your weakest right what we see in scripture where Jesus sent out the disciples in two because mm-hmm. two can can fight if off one stumbles absolutely the other one can pick you up yes. and, and he's watching your back yes you know and so if it was good enough for Jesus, I, I think I might want to look at this. I think I need a. I think I need a partner. Yeah, right. there you go. This might be a good idea. Yeah, you know? and and so we we see in Scripture that all of all of the the Bible is is a blueprint absolutely for success. Yes, if, if we look at it and we and we apply it to our lives, there isn't. I don't know anybody that says, "Well, I wish I wouldn't have done that in the Bible because I, I could have been so much better off." You know, I've never met. Anyone at the end of their life that said, man, I wish I'd have partied a few more years before I come to know the Lord. Right. Everybody I know said, man, I wish I'd have come I to wish. the Lord 30 years ago. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's because in Him, it, it, it does something to you. It changes things. It changes your mindset. Mm-hmm. And did, I, did, I can't explain to anybody. You can't explain it to somebody unless they know. Right. Unless they've unless they've experienced right. it, absolutely. And and you know, I, I tell people too, when you decide to follow Christ, all of these things that drift you away from Him, they become more clear. Mm-hmm. Because when you follow Him, it is the ride of a lifetime. Absolutely. I'm petrified of heights. I'm never going to be on a roller coaster. But there have been times in this ministry and in my walk, I have felt the butterflies of zooming up to the top of the roller coaster, going, okay, Jesus, I don't know where we're going, but I'm going to have to go. And then all of a sudden, I can breathe. But it's usually in those moments where I get the butterflies that he's He's uh, taking me through a pruning process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. it's something that would make me drift. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes he has to remove things 
from us that we don't even realize. Sometimes right. there, there are people that have to be removed from our life. You know, you, you know, a lot of times we will we'll rationale it away, saying you know there's seasons in life. People come and they people mm-hmm. go. Well, no, sometimes God knows that person doesn't need to be in your life. Right. And and God will remove people and God will put people in your life. He's put people in my life that I didn't particularly care for, but they liked me. And they would ask me questions and then they would talk to me and they'd want me to pray for them. And I'm like, what have I ever done to make you think I like you? But that you know? also but, takes but then us I through found a process. Out, right. It, it helped me realize I need this person. I'm, yeah, I needed right? that. I needed that person. And then come to find out, they can become a really good friend, mm-hmm. right? I didn't think that I needed this person, but God said, you need this person. Yeah, and they become um, like an accountability. Right, absolutely, because they know me, mm-hmm. right? And so that's one of the blessings of my wife. Uh, we've only been married for four years, but we've known each other for over 20. So she knew me when I when I first came back in the church, right? And mm-hmm. and so she's heard all the stories. She knows, because, you know, when, when you don't think you're going to date someone, you're, you're more open, right? So, right. so, so she, she knows the whole past, <laughs> right? There's, there is no, there's nothing that she doesn't know. There's not a stone left unturned. And so, but that is also strength, Yeah. right? Because she knows my weaknesses, it's a strength, right? And so a lot of times we think that I can't let people know this because they'll think less of me. But when when we do that, it actually helps them think more of you. Mm-hmm. And and I, I find guys all the time when I'm talking with them and I talk about my shortcomings and my weaknesses, they go, you? Really? Like, yeah, I'm not perfect. You know, and I'm not as strong as you think I am. Right. <laughs> you know, th- this is a daily journey yes. every day. You know, I pray that every night I lay down, I, I go, yes, I got it right. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's, God, help me not do that tomorrow. Right. You know, right. And, and so... But I need people walking with me. Or we will drift. Absolutely. You know, because mm-hmm. when you're by yourself, and, and, and that's the thing, whenever my wife starts to drift at the beach, she calls me and I and you're drag <laughs> her back over there to, to where we're supposed to be, right? Yes. She, at that point, she needs me. And, yes. and, and so, you know, if, if we don't allow people in our life, um, we, we will drift, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if we don't allow people to force us to be honest with ourselves and with them and with other people, um, that's another another way of drifting. Like and you know, through our lives, and we start believing our lives. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's like you, know, you talk about that fish you caught, and then after a while, that, yeah, and after that the fish never was this big. A couple years all, later, it, you know, it took five people to pull it in the right, boat. And, right, right. Yes, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, after a while, when you tell it, it's always been this big. Yes. and I'm willing to argue with you that you, yes. who do you think you because wasn't even there? I believe that story. Right. Yes. You know? I, I tell the guys all the time: the, the difference between a lie and a truth is what you believe. Mm. Right. If, if you lie enough, you start believing your own lies. Yes. And that's where the enemy is uh, ready. And, and that's when he he's he got pounces. You. Absolutely. And that's another thing when we're alone is we have to be very careful. Are we alone like in our war room with God and praying and praising? Or are we alone wrapped in fear and guilt and shame where the enemy's waiting? Right, right. That's another scary place where if we isolate... It may be I've I've seen people that isolate, but they're they're through a fasting period. Right, it's them and God, you know. But well, well you know, and, and if you're not careful when you're isolating yourself in a bad way, that is when the devil comes in and he starts planting seeds mm-hmm. of the relapse, right? Mm-hmm. Because the relapse, if if you relapse, you know, September the third, September the third is not when you relapse. Right, that's was, when that's when you use. Yes, 
You relapse way before that. Mm -hmm. It's when you allow the devil to tell you it's okay. That's right. You know, I have people today that will tell me, well, you've, you've been clean for so long, it's okay for you to have one. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's, I can never do this again. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is arsenic to me. It will kill me. Yeah. And, and worse off, I'm afraid it will take me out of what God allows me to do. Yes. Right? Because he can't use a drunk sharing his word. Nobody's going to listen to that person. Yeah, you have to be very careful not to drift out of God's obedience right. also. The next level, um, so that's, we're talking about emotional drifting. So the next one is um, the mental drift that takes us into relapse. And, and that's kind of playing on what you were just talking about. Um, thinking about the different people, places, uh, things that surrounded mm -hmm. when you were in addiction. Uh, we've had people give their testimony before where they, they didn't want to really be vulnerable in their weakness, mm -hmm. so it came off as they were uh, glamorizing it. Right. And that can be a trigger for somebody else. Right, right. That's a very dangerous thing is um, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and say, look, this is my struggle. Right. Then it does come off sometimes like you're glamorized, like, oh, it's easy, it's fine. Like them telling you, you you've been sober long enough, you can have one. Right. No. Well, you know, it was funny because when, when I first talked to some people about my addiction and and I was an alcoholic and I needed to needed to change. They're like, no, you're not. You say that because you are too. You know that's you know, um, but there were so many there were so many people. It's like you're fine. Well, no, I'm a functional addict, but that doesn't mean I'm fine. I'm also a miserable addict, um, and so I got to the point where I I, I stopped lying to myself, mm -hmm. right, and you know. I try not to tell war stories. When I do share my testimony, yeah. I try not to to glamorize. You know what? I've heard guys talk about you know how you know how much they used to do and all this and how much yeah. money they would spend on drugs every day. And it's like you really don't don't do that. Right. Right. That's what the enemy wants you to do. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I handled it then. Yeah. I can still handle it. Right. Well, no. Eventually, you ended up in rehab. Right. You know, I wanted to be on on on, on the long end of a short rope. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was I was ready to I was done, and so uh, I'd got to the point to where I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you know all the lying had had to stop. All the just continually remembering the good old days because mm -hmm. if the good old days were so good you would still be you'd there. still be there that's right you know and and so and and that's when you know friends had to go mm -hmm. and you know like i said there's, there's some people that have been added back to me and there's mm -hmm. some people that god is still protecting me from yeah. and thank you for that you know um but it's very necessary. And we're not saying that people are bad. Addiction brings out the worst in good people. Absolutely. That's that's the definition I always try to use. God created us all. When God created, he said it is good. But addiction brings out the worst. Anytime somebody says, I would never do that. And then they get into recovery and they're like, I cannot believe I did that. I would mm -hmm. have never done that. Right. Um, and that's part of being vulnerable, especially if, um, it's important for others new in recovery to hear those stories of, I would have never, but right. this is where my addiction took me. So mentally, we start um, rationalizing. We start um, excusing. We start, um, whether we realize it or not, the excuses 
actually get us starting to think about the relapse again. Right, right. As long as you can okay it. Right. I don't drink because drinking is bad for me. But if I start going, well, you know, really, is it really that bad? Yeah, I'm grilling yeah. just one beer. Right, right. Just one's not going to kill me, you know. And I'm only going to drink when I grill out. Well, then I'm going to find myself grilling out a whole lot. Yeah, seven days a week. Seven days a week, <laughs> right. You know, and, and so I, I only drink on payday. Well, you know. You know how that goes. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to drink on days of end when why. You know, and so when we start rationalizing it, and, and, you know, I was the world's worst. I could tell you exactly why it's okay, everything mm-hmm. that I've done. Even even when even when I used to steal stuff, you know, I would be okay with it. Well, well, Shan bought it once. She can afford to buy it again. I couldn't even afford to buy it once, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm, don't worry about it, you know. She didn't even watch that TV that much anyway. Who cares I stole her, mm-hmm. her flat screen? Yeah. She never watches TV. But we TV. start excusing it. And then we start thinking about it more, and then right. we actually start planning out right. whether we realize it or not. And, and that's where it gets really dangerous. When, yeah. The more you think, you know, a, a thought be- becomes a desire, and a, yes. a desire becomes an action, right? You know, and so the more the more we think about it, and, and, and that's, you know, God wants us to, to meditate on His work and on His goodness, not on these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to meditate on... Remember that time that you you let me pray with that person and they received you. Yeah. Remember that time that that I, I thought that that um I was in the hospital because I had an infection and it turns out you let me m- minister to somebody before I left. Remember that time? You know those are things I want I want to think yeah. about, right? Um, not the you know not the remember that time I went to the beach and. I got drunk, or I don't want to think about those things right. because those aren't. That's not those thoughts aren't going to bring forth the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. But but I want to think about the things that God is doing in my life. Absolutely. Remember that time He let me um, sit down with Shan and we talked about relapse, you know, and we talked about drifting. Remember, remember that. That's the things I want to remember. Right. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the things I want to meditate on. Those are things I want more of that. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you know. Yes, God will give you the desires of your heart, but there, there's a but in there. But it's got to line up with His desires, it's His His will for right. our lives. You know, and, and and so you know, I tell you guys all the time: if you ask me for five dollars to buy baby diapers, I'll give it to you in a heartbeat. You ask me for five dollars for drugs, yeah, you're not getting. I can't. Diaper. I can't get with that. You know, yeah. but but if you if you're gonna buy diapers, yes, I get on board with that all day long because I want you to do that. I want you to take care of your baby, yeah. and, and I feel like that's. That's God's heart, right? I want you to do the things that bring honor and glory to me. I want you to do the things that bring people to know me. I don't want you to sit here and think about the glory days. I don't want you to sit here and think about how much you enjoyed that or, or what you were trying to escape. You know, Now I escape it by it not being in my life. Mm-hmm. I've, I've allowed God to remove these things, so there's nothing to escape anymore. I don't have to, you know... You know, you've heard my testimony, and you know I had a rough childhood. I went through a lot of things, and so for a long time, everybody okay. Yeah, drink, drink, man. I, I wouldn't want to think about that either. Now when I think about it, I think about who else has been through that and who is God going to use through my testimony right. or use my testimony to speak to, right? Because people come to me all the time and go, hey, remember that thing that you went through? Mm-hmm. I went through it yeah. too. I or, get that after my through. testimony. Remember when you said, right. and they don't finish it, but I know what they're talking about. I know exactly where you're going with that because it's happened so many times. I got it. Yes. Right? I, I, I speak in code now. I yes. understand. Yeah. Yeah, I speak in half sentences in a lot of this. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Kind, of, kind of like your really good friend. You remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Boom, and people look at you like, are you crazy? I know, they're like, I didn't even hear half of that yeah. conversation. That's because it wasn't there. It was, it was there. all right here. We uh, were on the same it, brainwave. You know, we're, we're speaking from the heart. That's we, right. They understand. I understand them. So relapse drift, you know, you go through the emotional, you go through the mental before the physical actually happens. So we want to touch base on the 10 most common triggers now, this is for substance abuse relapse, but I think it can actually go across the board to a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run through them real quick, and we'll talk briefly. So um, we start with withdrawal symptoms. That's right off the bat. Uh, had someone reach out to me last night, said um, they want to use. They're going through withdrawal, and I'm like, mm, you still got charges pending. You do not want to be in front of a judge right. withdrawing and and. You need to detox. Right. So the next one is um, acute withdrawal. This is the anxiety, the mood swings. This is after the initial withdrawal. Poor self-care. That goes back to the poor eating habits, poor mm-hmm. sleeping habits. Old friends. We talked about that much. Right. You got to get rid of the playmates mm-hmm. and playgrounds. Mm-hmm. And the next one is places. Then you have things. These are these are the reminders. It may be a car, it may be a song, it may be a perfume, maybe a cologne, mm-hmm. it could be any of those things. Uncomfortable emotions. Okay, so this is where we tell people when you can see it on their face and you go halt and you ask them questions. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Because those are the ones that will make you spiral quick. Right. Especially if you have the whole combination of them. Right. And then the next one is relationships. So many people will leave recovery because they remember how good the relationship was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They don't really want to think about the bad times, the abusive times, those kind of things. But they remember how good it was in the beginning. Mm Because when it was good, it was good. Still, you got to leave some relationships because it's your recovery. And if that other person needs recovery, it's their opportunity. They have, they're have they in charge of that. You can't do that. Right. A lot of times we see guys leave recovery for the relationship, but yet the, the three months you've been here, she's been at home getting high the whole time. Yeah. And so you're bound to jump right back into where you were. And, Absolutely. You know, if for her or for the relationship or for him, depending on the relationship, you're going to be right back where you were. Right back, square one. Yeah. And then again is isolation. And then the last one that I really want us to talk about, because I know people say it, this is gender specific. I don't think it is. The last one is pride and overconfidence, thinking that um, I, I don't have a problem. This is all you. You're you're just making stuff up because you have an issue. Right. And you're trying to project it onto me. Right. Oh, my goodness. Pride. You mean women do that, too? It's not just us. I'm sorry, women. I just let the let the uh, cat out of the bag there. I'm so sorry. Guys, now I just we know. our secrets. <laughs> it's not just us. I knew it. I knew it. Pride is a huge thing because I have people come to me, and they're explaining how bad it is. They need recovery. They need relapse. They need detox. The whole they know what they need. I'm like, okay, well, what's the first step? Have you called a facility to see if a bed's open? Why would I do that? Um, hello? <laughs> Pride comes before the fall. <laughs> I, I, I don't need a program. I just I just need to get a, a better job. Yes. Or I need to move out of this community. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm thinking about going to another state where I don't know anybody. New start. Yeah. We've heard all the excuses. The, 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 before you find a place to sleep, you'll find out where the dope man is that, in, in your new community. That's Guar- it. Guaranteed, you know. 
That's it. Um, I heard someone say, you know, if I could spend twice my paycheck every Friday on dope, why can't I spend 10% of my check and tithe to God? He's like, I don't know where I came up with that twice per, twice my paycheck, but I always had the money. Mm-hmm. I would find the money regardless mm-hmm. what the means were. He said, but I struggled with 10% and being in obedience. Right. And I think some of that goes back to pride. If we gave God half as much as we've given the enemy over the years, this would not be a problem. No, absolutely I, not. I talked to guys that have stolen their niece's little bitty pink huffy bicycle, rode 20 miles to the dope man's house, got high, out of money, sold the huffy bikes, bicycle, and walked back in the rain. I mean, if we had, and, and then we won't go to church on Sunday because it's, it's a chance of rain, you know. Right. But <laughs> but if, if we would give God half of what we give the devil, our life would be so much easier. Absolutely. And I don't think that we would have this issue that we're battling now of all the different relapse and addictions. Right. And again, when we say addiction, it's not just alcohol and, and drugs. There's a whole list of them. It's really cool. The, the more I am on this walk, the more God brings people across my path that we don't look alike. Right. You know, it, it, it's cool when, when I talk to other alcoholics. Oh, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I understand. But then he'll send people to me like overeating and codependency and I think well that's got nothing to do with me but yeah it does it does and then I start listening to some of their stuff and I'm like oh, I've, I've done that mm-hmm. I've done that you know and so anytime that we allow anything to take over our life and our desires other than God it's, it's wrong and it's bad mm-hmm. and it hurts mm-hmm. and so we need people to help us walk through this yeah and so yeah I, you know, I, I really appreciate you allowing me to be a part of this this journey that, that so many people are going on with you um, through these videos and stuff. This is really awesome. And there's, there's a, um, a video coming up that uh, I, I would like for you, and maybe we'll do it as a roundtable, but I want to talk about the wounds because when the addiction is like uh, a Band-Aid, it's what we're using to numb that emotion. So when we remove that, there's still a wound down there. Right. So that's a video I'd like. Well, even, even Jesus tells you that just by ignoring it doesn't mean it's not there. That's right. And so many of us, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. You know, it's your issue. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not. It's not me. It's you. That's right. Um, it, it's still there, right? Mm-hmm. And and so um, we've got to learn to identify the things in our life that are coming between us and Christ yeah. and eliminate those things and, and be real about it and allow people to help us mm-hmm. because a lot of times people from the outside can see it better than we can. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, guys, this uh, this video is on relapse drift. It's not actual relapse. It's the things that gets us to drift away from our sobriety before the relapse happens. Yeah. So before we wrap up, would you like to pray us out? Yes, ma'am. Father God, we, we thank you so much for this this time that we've got to spend here talking about uh, relapse drift, Father God. And I, I just pray that if anyone out there watching this video is struggling with any of the topics that we, that we spoke on today, please give them the strength and the boldness to um, just reach out for help, whether it be uh, on this video here or, or someone they know or someone they trust, Father God. I pray that they do not try to go through this by themselves, Father God, that you've placed people in their lives that love them and care about them and want to see them in a better place because that's where you want to see them. 
So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Father God, and I do lift up each person that's watching this video, Father God. I pray for your presence and your peace to be in their heart, Father God. I pray for your boldness and your strength to be with them, Father. And I pray that you would bring them through these struggles that they're having, Father God, and help them realize that with you and through you is the only way they're going to make it. And so, Father God, I thank you so much for the grace and mercy that you show us because you love us. And, Father God, we love you. It's in your awesome and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, guys, remember, check out our other videos. We'll have plenty more coming. But most importantly, speak life. Be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action and cause a ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.